Thompson. On the show today, I'm joined by the fabulous Monique from Barfoot and Thompson, Takapuna, and Dr. Angela Lim from Clearhead is here to chat all about mental health in the workplace. Welcome to Barfoot and Thompson's Property Matters. Well, welcome along to another Monday as the year rocks on by. It's time to start the Christmas shopping soon. Everyone's starting to talk about that as we start our countdown towards Christmas. But we're not there yet, but it is a time to think about mental health in the workplace, which is certainly a hot topic. So shortly we'll catch up with Dr Angela Lim, who joined me from overseas to have a conversation. But live in the studio with me, a big welcome back to the wonderful Monique from Barfoot and Thompson Takapuna. Welcome, Monique. Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be back. It's great to have you in first time in this studio because the last few times we've caught up with you on Zoom land uh, when the studio was doing its renovations and its moves. Yeah, so welcome. Great. Thank you. Now, for people that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about you and your role at Barfoot and Thompson. Mm-hmm. So I started at Bath and Thompson in 2018 as a property manager and I worked my way up to be a senior property manager and now I'm the head of department and manager team of four. Awesome. And has property management always been sort of your thing? It has. So I came from Uni Lodge, which was a student accommodation. So I had that background and then Barfoots have their training program, Elevate, went through that. And yeah, here I am five and a half years later running the rentals department. So I love it. Still smiling. She's still smiling, people. (laughs) What is it that you love so much about this job? So I love, I feel like every property manager says this, but Mm -hmm. I do love every day is different and no day is the same. And the relationships you build. So with landlords, tenants, tradies, and also having a property, uh, having a passion for property as well and helping people. And I've got a fantastic team. Um, We're a team of four, like I said, and coming to work every day doesn't just feel like a job. That's nice. That's nice. So thinking about Takapuna as an area to invest in, is it a good place to hold an investment property? I mean, it's so close to the beach and the motorway. I mean, it is a good location, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's always tents looking to rent in Takapuna. I had a viewing today and I only put the property online on Friday. I had 20 groups come to the viewing. It's just, there are so many tenants looking at the moment. Everyone wants to be close to the beach, the bars, the cafes, the restaurants and that lifestyle of living in Takapuna. And it gives landlords lots of options as well when they're picking their tenants. Tenant selection is really, really important. So you know that you're picking the best of the best and that your investment's in safe hands. Mm. Interesting you talk about that lifestyle because, uh, you know, we're going to chat in a second with Dr Angela Lim from Clearhead and talking about making right choices for your own mental health and space. Actually, where you live is really important. Coming Mm. home, being able to relax, walks on the beach, all of that sort of thing must de-stress the day. Do your tenants talk about that at all? Yeah. You know, is that a, a lifestyle choice to live there? Yeah, but Takapuna, a lot of tenants can't afford to buy in Takapuna, so they choose to rent or they might choose to rent a high-end property in Takapuna. That's something really nice, but walking distance to the beach. So, mm. yeah, it's a lifestyle tenants are after. Yeah, and I hear more and more tenants too, you know, picking to live somewhere like that or an apartment in the city, but they might own a property somewhere else, yeah. but they, they've chosen not to live in that space, but mm. that's what they could afford as their investment. Well, lots of our tenants are homeowners, actually. Right. They choose to live in Takapuna because it's such a nice area. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. So if someone's looking at buying in Takapuna and the surrounding areas, what sort of home gets the best return or what sort of home are potential tenants looking for? 
I would say our most popular is a two-bedroom brick and tile unit. There's always strong demand for those, especially ones that come with a garage Mm -hmm. and pet-friendly. As soon as you... Our little trick that we do, we put a little picture of a pet on the main photo on the listing and put pet friendly and that always gets lots of people to the viewing because there's not a huge amount of properties that are pet friendly. So yeah, pet friendly, two bedroom brick and tile unit and something with a garage. Lots of tenants want parking or somewhere to store their belongings. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I love the pet-friendly thing. And we've talked about that on the show before too. They often make really good tenants because they know how difficult it is to find yeah. another property, so they really look after it because they don't want to move. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All right, we're going to catch up with Monique a lot more later on in the show. But first up, I want to have a chat now with Dr. Angela Lim from Clearhead. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by co-founder and CEO of Clearhead, Dr. Angela Lim. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you for having me, Stefan. Look, it's great to have you, and you came highly recommended for us to have a chat with, and I love it when people recommend other people because that's that's how we discover so many new things. And I've had a good snoop around Clearhead, and you and I have had a quick catch-up before. So it's, you know, according to your website, it's about making personalised mental health and wellbeing support accessible for everyone. So that sounds like a challenge, but before we unpack Clearhead, let's unpack who you are first of all so tell our listeners who is Dr Angela Lim what's been your journey that led up to being co-founder and CEO of this great organization amazing thanks for allowing me to share my story so um I was originally from Malaysia uh, migrated to New Zealand and then went to university and did my first degree in neuroscience and psychology was always fascinated by the brain um and then did my second degree which was in uh medical school and as part of that uh, i decided to specialize in pediatrics so that's um children and then uh through that process i sort of learned about how we have the highest youth suicide uh sort of suicide rates in the oecd countries and just really felt that the way our health system is set up wasn't very ideal and I wasn't really going to turn these statistics around. Um, So then I've been involved in sort of health technology about 10 years prior to starting Clearhead, releasing a huge potential for technology to transform the way that we deliver care in a way to actually provide something that's more patient-centric and actually um, drive more positive health outcomes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been my journey before starting Clearhead was just a sort of a real commitment to helping people um, and then really thinking about what all the ways that we can do that in in a manner that's more scalable and in a manner that's fairer for, for most people. Brilliant. And certainly having that medical background, I guess, gives you the credibility for our conversation ahead. So tell us, what is Clearhead and why was it formed? Um, Yeah, of course. So I sort of shared a little bit about how I thought the current system wasn't meeting the needs of patients. So Clearhead was formed primarily to kind of... uh, develop an alternative system that 
if you had designed a system from scratch today with all the available technology um, and all that we know and, and, and sort of working backwards the outcome we wanted to achieve, which is that um, people should get care in a more timely manner, especially in the context of mental health where it almost affects everyone. Um, and, and so at the moment, the public systems wait times to be seen about three to six months. And on our system, you can be seen you know, on average about two to three days. Um, and this includes in person, this includes after hours in the weekends, um, all of which is hard to, to sort of um, access. So um, what Clearhead is, is we um, position ourselves as a modern day employee assistance program or EAP. Um, we work with employers to provide that support to their employees as a funded benefit um, and have really seen um, amazing outcomes from that. You know, we've seen companies have a 20% reduction in employee turnover because employees are supported to deal with their problems, whether that's personal problems or work-related problems, um, rather than left to sort of suffer in silence until they get to one day, they can't handle it anymore and they leave. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, uh, there's a contagion effect to this. So whenever you have one individual um, unhappy at work, actually they infect or other people around them. So actually, uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of, in some ways, um, non-quantifiable benefits to culture, to productivity. Um, that that is really powerful when people feel supported, especially in the context that actually today's world is so difficult, right? Like it's the pace of change is so fast um, and the workload is immense and uh, we're sort of coming into a financial crunch. Um, you know, companies are all tightening their belts so we are all expected to do more with less. And so anything that helps individuals build resilience, to build boundaries, to be better um, self-aware, more emotionally intelligent, all these things help people thrive in um, today's workforce. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I've no question, more and more companies are looking at ways to help and support their employees. So walk me through it from an employee point of view. I'm at work or I'm at home, uh, I'm struggling. How do I then engage with your software? You mentioned, you know, a, th a two to three day wait time. I'm guessing that's for a therapist. Um, mm. talk, talk to me about the services that I can see and find on Clearhead as an employee. Yeah. So, you know, our mental health fluctuates. Um, you can be good one day and then bad another. Um, and so it's very hard to predict. Um, depending on what's happening in our lives at that time. Um, we also know about 50% of suicides, actually, people um, are never aware of that individual being, um, they were struggling that badly. Mm -hmm. um, a large part of it is just stigma. Even, you, even if it does feel like we're now talking more about mental health and even if it feels like it's more acceptable to say that you need help or are getting help, a large proportion, about 90% of people still um, will not see a professional because they see it as just, um, I have to be really bad before I need that type of help. Um, so what we wanted to do was really democratize the benefits of therapy. Um, we are equipped with the skills and tools um, to coach you through life in many ways, you know, same way that you wouldn't think a professional athlete 
isn't um, seeing a coach regularly, you know, life is hard enough that it would be nice to have someone to kind of coach you through it, you know, help you figure out what you want, what your purpose is, what your values are, how that aligns with your behaviors, how you feel every day about yourself, your interactions and relationships with people around you, whether personal or at work. So we've built basically, um, you know, an AI therapist is what we call it. Um, very similar to like a chat GPT, but you know, we've built that five years ago. So that's safe and effective for a medical setting, which chat GPT isn't. Um, and the idea really is because of the stigma, people feel less shame asking um, for help, um, talking about their problems more honestly, because they know it's not a human on the other side. Mm. Uh, the idea is basically that by sharing your problems, you get very personalized content, personalized tools that you work through, whether it's teaching you listening skills so that you can improve your uh, relationship or using a mood tracker to help you regulate your emotions if you find that you know you, you get quite sort of sudden emotional outbursts when you're stressed um or just figuring out okay what makes me happy or what makes me sad or what is my values and whether i feel aligned to this company these are all in some ways very um personal and in some ways existential questions that we ask ourselves but it's very, it's very hard we don't get guided to that you know instead we we look at these status symbols of like what job i have what car i drive as a way of defining success in our lives um so so that's the idea is that you know you you work your way through um this digital um platform as a way of building self-awareness about yourself um, and then, you know, being prompted to get support early. And, and then, yeah, we really encourage people to seek professional help when um, there's indications too. Um, and so when that happens, it's like Airbnb, but for therapy, you get to, you know, filter through um, a, a very wide range of clinicians. So um, about 500 across New Zealand, you can see in person or online, you know, whether that's to help with your parenting um, challenges or, you know, you're having conflict at work or you're being bullied. Um, there's really a clinician that specializes in almost every area of life. Uh, and then you can see their availability. You can book an appointment after a couple of clicks and, and that's kind of it. And the idea really it's funded by your employer so that it's not out of pocket. Obviously, cost of living is really high at the moment. So, um, you know, it's it's if you can get that support for free and if you don't have to wait a long time to the public system, I think that's really the mission that we're on. Absolutely, absolutely. And I presume that your clinicians, if they felt someone needed to then get into the public system because it was very serious, they would they would move down that path 100%. and already have a process to make that happen quicker. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's the thing is like, you know, if any of you have ever tried to um, use the health system, it's very hit and miss. And a lot of times there's more barriers than needed, um, even when there's no stigma, even when it's more physical health related issues and the wait times are still very long. So having uh, a clinician that can help you figure out how to navigate the system, demonstrate that actually you've already seek other help and you're still not getting better, allows you to cut through the system much quicker. Absolutely. I mean, gone are the days that you would go and have your 
monthly or bi-monthly checkup with your GP. You might pick up your regular medications, but you'd also chat about life and where you're at. Those days are gone because it's such a process to just book in to see somebody. You mentioned something really interesting there. You said, you know, if a person was having, for example, a problem with some parenting and needed some advice around parenting challenges, there could be employers listening going, but hang on, that's not work related. Um, But of course, and I love your title, clear head. To have a clear head at work, you have to deal with everything that you're bringing into that workspace. We don't know what our colleagues, our mates, our employees have had happen at home before 8.30 when they walk in the door. So do you see, you know, your service has been very much open to everything happening in an employee's world? Yeah, I think that there has been an evolution, you know, gone are the days, as you said, that like people park their problems at home. Um, And what you see, especially now that we have much more of this working remote um, situation, that there is a blending of what's um, in, in people's minds, their, their work and life um, and personal life situation. And so j- just because you can, as an employer, you feel like, yes, you know, these personal issues are not my problem you you're semi-correct but they are going to bring it to work because Mm. they're thinking about it you know they're they're not fully focused on the work in front of them but if getting their cell phone going off with messages about whatever's happening in their personal we we don't switch off like we used to either our personal world follows us and vice versa Yes, so there's a lot more blending of things. Mm. So because of that, it's incre- it's from a workplace perspective, uh, from uh, it just is more economical just to provide that once a week help that person has a sense of progress that this problem is being solved rather than ruminating about it and potentially stressing all their colleagues out, yeah. right? Like yeah. If you're not getting professional help and you're not getting that through maybe your personal networks, you might be ranting to your colleagues and suddenly your colleagues feel terrible mm. because you've just told them that you feel, t- um, you know, like you might, you might say to them that like, actually I'm having suicidal thoughts mm. and you tell that to a professional, You've told it to an individual who have no idea what to say, no mm-hmm. idea what to do. They are now distressed because now they feel responsible. Um, managers are increasingly being put in that position as as the younger generation um, are demonstrating higher and higher mental health challenges and distress. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just in the absence of professional support, um, people will still rely on informal support. And if that informal support's not equipped, uh, you can imagine that um, everybody's distracted, everybody's stressed. It's not a great environment. No, absolutely. Now, from a business point of view, what sort of reporting do you provide back to employers? I'm guessing the conversations, et cetera, are all confidential, but it's useful for a business to get a sense, perhaps, if there's a particular team, et cetera, undergoing way too much stress. Like, what reporting do you provide back to the company? Mm, Yeah. So... You know, as you've highlighted, it's a mix of personal and work-related issues. And we look at an aggregate level, um, and our data, 60% of issues that people reach out for support are personal. Um, So in that case, all you have to do really is ensure that there is professional support people can reach out to and then work their way through those problems. About 40% are work-related. 
um, and that uh, we find falls under um, sort of uh, increasing legislation around managing psychosocial risk at work. Um, so these are, we see they fall under four categories. Um, and so the first category is more like task related, you know, um, you know, what's the workload like, um, you know, is the job designed in a way that, you know, allows me to stay mentally well. Then it's more, then the second category is more individual related, you know, um, do I find purpose in my job? Is it uh, aligned with the company's purpose? What about my values? Do they align with the company's values? And when there's cognitive dissonance on those kind of things, uh, again, you feel uh, people will struggle to to bring their best self to work. Mm. The third type is social. So is there bullying going on with my colleagues? Do I feel supported by my manager? Uh, and then the last one is more around organizational culture and systems. So, you know, do I feel safe to, to share feedback that's negative? Um, do do my ideas get um, a knowledge and 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 action? Do I feel like I'm a contributing uh, member of uh, the company, or do decisions just get dictated to me and mm. I have autonomy? Um, so there is, and so we've moved a long way from thinking about mental health and well-being as just simply yoga sessions that you can go or like you know fruit bowl in the kitchen is really thinking about how the job uh, affects an individual and how that individual also contributes back to the job um, and if you get that right and if you are able to have an aggregate view which we provide you can be much more targeted about what's really affecting your people and, and systemically make the change that's required rather than just pay lip service or do things that looks good on the surface but actually doesn't address the underlying mm. issue so people say you know they leave they leave their jobs because of bad managers for example not because that they don't enjoy the job yeah yeah absolutely how do you choose your clinicians to work with you like what's your sort of parameters of who will work best for clearhead yeah i mean look we um we believe that diversity is really important um and so the way we think about it is um, as long as they meet um, the clinical standards that we've set so you know being professionally registered you know um then uh you know, and a whole bunch of other factors that we sort of account for. Um, we bring them on board and then we actually, um, for us, you know, as I said at the beginning, is outcomes really matter. So being able to kind of um, make sure that after every therapy session, we check in whether the individual actually found it helpful. Um, and if any individual sort of consistently rate and a therapist poorly or provide negative feedback, um, and the clinician doesn't have an explanation on the end on why that is, we actually just remove them. So yeah, I think for us, it's, you know, we, you, you meet the, the, the code of practice, um, as a threshold, and then we just monitor your progress, um, in, in the network. And so that means that, you know, um, whether, um, there, yeah, people resonate with a whole range of different ways of delivering therapy um some people like more narrative stuff which is you know talking about my problem some people like more psychoanalyst stuff so going back to childhood some people like just practical give me you know like those three action points i need to do um and you know there's obviously um a whole 
bunch of like um, sort of um, individuals with different ethnicity and languages. So like just recently we had uh, a client reach out for help. You know, he is from Eritrea and he speaks like uh, Tigrinya, I think, as a language. And, you know, not something that's probably very common in New Zealand, but we have a clinician for that. So, you know, Brilliant. like it's it, that's kind of what you want, you know, um, yeah. just catering for the diversity of our society um, and, and having someone that looks and feels and sounds like them. Yeah, look, it sounds brilliant. Is it just for large companies to sign up or can small businesses sign up and put their team in? Can an individual sign up? How does <laughs> yeah. that um, yeah, we support all sizes of business, whether small to large. So, you know, our large businesses are like your food staffs, your contact energy, your Z energy. Um, and yeah, small businesses, you know, even with um, three to five employees, we have served. Um, yeah, and individuals can sell fund therapy if they like them and they can find that on our platform as well. Brilliant. Awesome. Ah, oh, Angela, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And certainly the way in this crazy world of, of busy medical practice, a, a really good way to engage and, as you say, clear our heads. So how can people find out more, follow you, and check out if Clearhead is right for their company? Yeah, so our website is myclearhead.com, and uh, we're also on social, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So feel free to follow us and reach out. And um, yeah, we are on a mission to make sure that every single individual gets the help that they need. And every employer that has proactively stepped up and provided that support have seen results but it's also good to know that they've contributed to a really powerful and important social mission yeah yeah absolutely fantastic well thank you for taking time to chat to us today on property matters and if anyone's listening that's already part of clearhead we'd love some feedback on how it's running have a great rest of your day thank you stefan Really interesting. So then, Monique, if I come back to you in the studio and following on from Dr. Lim's interview, when we think of property management as a career, how do you keep yourself safe in this very stressful role? What do you do to switch off, debrief, or ensure you look after yourself and keep your own clear head? So having a really good work-life balance is really important. Outside of work, I make a conscious effort to do activities I enjoy, but also activities that relax me. So I've recently taken up yoga as a hobby. Okay, cool. (laughs) And I found that very beneficial, not only for your mental well-being, but also for your physical to loosen up those tight stress knots that we all hold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's been your thing. We've got people at work in in my office that all go to, um, is it hot yoga? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, but they always come back looking more stressed. (laughs) than they did when they left. I'm like, is this for real? Um, Look, you're a manager of a team as well. So what do you have in place to look after your team's well-being? So I find having an open and clear communication with my team is very important. My door's always open, which shows I'm approachable and I'm there to help. And also having a really good team culture, that's very, very, very important. Mm. Uh, So most mornings we go across the road to our local cafe, get our morning coffee, have a quick catch up. And just having that really good team culture is very important because it makes coming to work enjoyable and we're able to help each other out. And if there are stressful situations that we're going, 
going through, we can talk to each other about it and pick each other's brain and figure out what the best approach is to sort that situation. Nice. So it's a very collaborative approach to stress almost. (laughs) Have you noticed since COVID, is it a little bit easier now or are we still, you know, we talk about this post-COVID stress and post-COVID world. Um, Have you noticed it calm down or is it still pretty up there? I'm still finding there's a lot of angry people in the community at the moment Uh, Um, and I think a lot of people also are on hold until the election. Mm. So we are finding because everyone's in the community is just so sort of on edge at the mm. moment, um, that's affecting their stress level. So if there is a leak or there's an after-hours emergency, some tenants do panic. Right. Um, and as a result of that, we're the ones on the other end of the phone getting the brunt of it. Mm. But we are equipped to deal with that and it's not our first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the be kind rule, eh? Is yeah. so important. Interesting you say that about election. I've been amazed how many other media outlets have reported in the last week, you know, people waiting till the election to yeah. do a specific thing, to buy property, to... Yeah, it's funny, eh, how that hold. just holds it. We'll wait and see. Now, your partner is also in property management. Do you have any... Uh, you know, I'm not going to get too personal here, but do you have <laughs> any rituals when you get home around discussing work? Do you offload fast and never speak about it again, or do you support each other through issues or do you literally leave it at the door we're not talking about it well we've always got a lot to talk about (laughs) um if i've had a really stressful day or if he has uh we can vent to each other and we get it because we're in the same industry work for the same company both manage a team of staff so we get it um, he hasn't been in the industry for a lot longer than me. He's done it for more, uh, more than 10 years, so he's seen a lot more than me. So if there are certain situations that come up, I can also pick his brain and go, hey, what's mm. the best way to approach this? Because um, he's most likely seen it, or vice versa. Um, so it is, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but, yeah, always lots to talk about. But we do sort of try to not talk about work at home because... Yeah. Otherwise, you just never switch off. Mm. Yeah, and like I said earlier, you need that good work-life balance. Look, uh, you know, when I was a property manager, the thing my family noticed the most was the cell phone that never stops. Yeah. I'm conscious there's two of you in the house. <laughs> like, the odds of actually getting through a meal without the phone ringing yeah. must be a challenge <laughs> at times. Yeah? Yeah. No rules on that? Put them, in, put them in the middle of the table. First one who gets asked to do the dishes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, changing gears now with the election coming up, as we just said, uh, I'm not going to ask you any personal views around parties, but mm-hmm. can you give me a bit of an overview on how you've seen the rental market over the last three to six years under the current government? So there's been lots of changes, and under the current government, we've seen rents go up by $180 per week. That's huge. Mm. And as a result of that, that's because landlords' costs are increasing. So we all predicted it was going to happen, that rents were going to go up. And you've got healthy homes costs, you've got the interest, not the, the, you know, the uh, deductibility. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was all, it was a, it was always going to happen. Rents were always going to go up as a result of that. And when the 90-day termination clause was taken away, we saw landlords not willing to take risks on tenants that perhaps previously would have got a chance. So when we're doing our tenant selection, we're very, very strict and we can't afford to take any risks. So it is hard for those tenants because they're not getting a chance. Mm. You know, they may have had bad credit in the past and need a second opportunity to prove themselves, but under the current rules, we we just can't. We can't take any risks. So you'll be pleased that most parties are saying that that'll go? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it would be a great thing for the industry Mm. because landlords don't evict bad tenants. No. So 
they they should bring back that clause. Yeah. So what would you like to see tweak or change for investors from the next government? Definitely bring back the 90-day t- termination clause and interest deductibility. Uh, it will be a huge advantage for everybody in the industry and it means tenants that are needing a second chance to prove themselves will get it because landlords are prepared to take that risk. Mm. Now there's been a lot of regulation, as you mentioned, an industry change over the past few years. What would you like kept? What would you like changed? And what would you like abolished, obviously, apart from the 90 days? Is there anything else that you think that was a really good thing this government did or that's something we need to change or perhaps it just needs a tweak? Mm. So Healthy Homes has been a great thing for the industry. It's meant properties that previously maybe had mould issues or weren't warm and dry are now up to standard. So tenants are living in better, healthy homes and landlords do benefit from that you know they're putting in heat pumps and moisture mm. barriers and extractor fans so one day when they do sell it this is all increasing value to their property yeah and i'm guessing if a tenant's warm and dry and comfortable they're likely to stay in the property longer aren't yeah, they as absolutely. well which is good for a landlord yeah so that's been a really good thing for the industry anything else you'd like to change tweak or abolish oh there's so much i could go on about <laughs> not enough time today though okay all right all right um so, if you were Minister of Housing then, just for a day, yeah. what would be the first thing you would do? Interest deductibility. That's the biggest pain point for landlords. And I'd also look at the RMA, the Resource Management Act, uh, by making it easier for developers. So, financially incentivising the councils. So, if they were financially incentivised, then they could use those funds towards more infrastructure and they'd be more inclined to approve more houses because the RMA at the moment is just near impossible Mm. for developers. Mm. Yeah, they just made it far too hard. You mentioned at the start of the show you had over 20 people turn up to a viewing. So, you know, there's there's two sides of this fence on uh, do we still have a housing crisis or is it a housing crisis of a certain type of home that people are looking for? What's your sort of take on the North Shore? Do we have a crisis of not enough properties to meet demand? There are properties out there. Uh, at the moment, there's the rush before Christmas. So there's always, okay. everyone wants everything done before Christmas. There's always an urgency before that. And so lots of tenants that are looking at the moment, um, they're just wanting everything done before Christmas. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So thinking about Christmas and beyond, looking ahead at 2024, got to get used to saying that now, what are your goals for you and your team? Oh, we've got some huge goals. <laughs> uh, there's 70 branches uh, throughout Barford and Thompson, and we're aiming to be in the top 10, which is quite a high goal um, to have, but I do know that we're capable of it. And also to be the top performing medium-sized branch on the North Shore, that would be really awesome to get that award. So hopefully next year, yeah. Are you competitive with your partner? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's, yeah. Would you love to pip him at the post? (laughs) I would love to walk across that stage and get an award and then go Clay Reeve and (laughs) Nick Reeve to be soon (laughs) and both get an award. That would be awesome. Yeah, so it'd be a dream of mine that I've had for a long time. So, Brilliant, brilliant. Love it. Now, for investors listening, what would you like to see as their goals for 2024? And then I guess the follow-up to that is how can your team help an investor achieve their goals? 
Yeah. So at the end of the day, all investors want the best return on their investment. So for ways for them to maximise their rental return, we are offering a free investment property health check. So if they did want to get in touch with me, um, I'll have my details at the end of the show and they can get in touch and I can give them the free investment property health check. So what's involved in a health check? Um, So I'll come through and look at the property, give them some tips and tricks and some advice and go from there. Yeah. Right, so and and then a, like an appraisal to yeah. you know how much it's worth. Yeah. Do you find that little tweaks to a property can bump that rental up? You yeah. know, if you're looking through, are you looking at going look, add this, add a dishwasher? Yeah. You mentioned the garage earlier, so I know some owners like to keep their own belongings in the garage, but no, mm. get it out so that the tenants got yeah. use of it. Yeah, and also pet friendly. That's a big thing because if you're wanting a good long term tenant, most tenants that are good and long term do come with a pet you know Mm. they might have the family cat or dog or whatever it is and those tenants don't tend to move often because they know how hard it is to get a property so if you are open to the idea of pets then usually you get a little bit more in rent because those tenants are prepared to pay a little bit extra Mm. yeah and it's that balance what about rent increases is that something that your team look at at an annual basis and how do you balance then the good tenant versus the rising costs for a landlord yeah you don't want to lose the good tenant either all within moderation yeah yeah so we'd case by case and advise the landlord on what the best approach was okay yeah okay cool so as the season finally changes and i wrote this question a week ago Mm -hmm. i'm just pivot that because we've just had the strangest weather in Auckland all weekend because I wrote as the season finally changes into some nicer weather but I don't know about you we had four seasons in one hour yeah yeah literally not in one day (laughs) what should landlords and tenants think about around their property for spring or summer maintenance so it's a great time to tidy up the property grounds in preparation for the warmer months. So getting a house wash or water blasting, um, trimming the garden. So just a good tidy up of the property grounds and get it ready for summer and get it ready for barbecue season. Yeah. <laughs> How much should a tenant be doing and, and when does a landlord kick in for things like garden maintenance? So any big trees would be a landlord's responsibility. So like a hedge that needs trimming, that would be a landlord responsibility. But any weeding or any very simple tasks. Sort of ground level ground stuff, level, very much yeah. the tenant. Tenants, yeah. yeah. Um, gutters, is a good time to check post-winter and get all anything out? Again, is that a tenant or a landlord? That would be a landlord cost. Because we're up yeah, a ladder. So get, yeah, getting those gutter unblocks, yeah, removing all the plant life. Yeah. yeah, and I'm guessing when you're doing inspections, that's the sort of thing you're looking for to advise yeah. the landlord. Yeah, we're checking all that and we're saying to landlords, hey look, now's a good time, um, you know, get the gutters unblocked or get the paths water blasted or the house washed or the hedge trimmed or whatever it is, we're advising them and in advance as well, letting them know, hey, this cost will be coming up so they can prepare for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Alright, thank you Monique for stopping by once again. We love having property managers come and check in with us. How can people get in touch with you and your fabulous team? So they can contact me on my mobile, which is 027-889-3560, or my email, which is m.barker at barfoot.co.nz. Fantastic. And as always, Barfoot and Thompson are our sponsors. Head to barfoot.co.nz to find your local property manager. Thanks, Monique. All the best with what sounds like maybe some wedding planning on the horizon. Yeah. Can I pick, pick that up, <laughs> reading between the lines? Um, when's that? Hopefully next year we've been looking at options. So, yeah, hopefully Fiji's on the cards. Oh, nice. Yeah.
Yeah. Looking promising. Well, yeah. you have to be a little bit careful with an outdoor wedding in Auckland yeah. with our crazy weather. I know, with the four seasons of one hour, like yeah. you said. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right, take care, and we'll catch you again. And a big thank you to Dr. Angela Lim from Clearhead for coming on the show. Uh, next week, we've got realestate.co.nz CEO in here to chat all things AI, robotics, numbers, and more. Catch you next week. Have a fabulous week. Drive safe, and remember, you can download past podcasts from Spotify, Apple, Samsung, or iHeartRadio. Take care.